Welcome to Jane Unchained, featuring best-selling author, TV journalist, and JaneUnchained.com founder, Jane Velez Mitchell. In the next few minutes, you'll hear a secret solution to the problems that plague our world. If you want to revolutionize your life, get truly joyful, and jump to the next phase of human evolution, all it takes is one simple choice. Now, here's your host, Jane Velez Mitchell. Wow! I am so excited to have some true game changers in the house today. We are talking Hungry Planet. You will be hungry as this conversation unfolds because they have come up with the most delicious mouthwatering, well, what would Bill Gates call it? Synthetic meat. Not the most yummy phrase, but it was a huge game changer in itself when one of the richest, most influential and most establishment people on the planet, Microsoft co-founder Bill Gates came out recently and said, all rich nations need to switch to synthetic meat for the planet. And so who better to talk about this today than Hungry Planet? And I want to really dive deep because people like to think that this is somehow a sacrifice or it's Uh, a tough thing to do. And we're going to try to go on the website to show. And for those listening on Voice America, the dishes are so mouthwatering. I wish I could dive through my computer and just start scarfing them up. So Jody, um, Jody and Todd, brother, sister team in different parts of the country. Jody, tell us how you started Hungry Planet and what it is. Yeah, so, you know, we just to go back, we grew up in St. Louis, Missouri, which is where our production facility and our offices are located. Um, I'm based in Santa Barbara and have been here for a few years. Um, But we grew up in St. Louis and, you know, I became plant-based way before it was fashionable, probably about 45 years ago. And, you know, it was always clear to me um, that the food we eat has unintended consequences for our health and for the environment and for the animals. And I just always believe that our daily food choices are a vote for the world we want to inhabit and future generations will inherit. So fast forward a few decades, you know, Todd and I had various careers. I was a wildlife photographer, clinical psychologist, um, an entrepreneur in another area. And we put our heads together and we decided that we wanted to do something meaningful to help address some of the world's most pressing problems. So Hungry Planet began as a passion project to make really a better, more just and sustainable world. And our mission um, is to bend the curve on personal and planetary health with delicious, nutritious, plant-based meats. So Todd and I just decided to build a, a platform for positive change and to allow people to basically eat their way to a healthier planet. How fun is that? And, you know, in order to transform our food system, we had to create delectable plant-based meats to fit our modern lifestyle. So we dove into about a decade of culinary R&D to create the widest range of chef-crafted plant-based meats with superior nutrition. That was really important to us and that there are simple one-to-one switch for conventional meat in any recipe. We are a chef-crafted company, so it all begins with taste. And we just created this vision um, through our conviction on three pillars, environmental impact, health and wellness, and animal welfare. 
So now I'm really proud to say that basically Hungry Planet is the secret to making delicious food healthier. And I love that it appeals to everyone from hardcore carnivore to vegans, you know? I mean, flexitarian is the, is the new black right now. Um, everywhere I turn, I find plant curious people who, you know, gosh, for their health or for environmental reasons, they wanna eat more plant-based foods. And as human beings, we seem to be hardwired to be meat eaters. So, you know. I don't know about that. I don't know about that. I, I mean, I grew, up in, I grew up in a pescatarian household. It never occurred to me to eat um, meat. There were a few times when, as a child, I just didn't know better. I went to a party or whatever. Yeah. And um, I'll never forget, I had a doctor who was um, very unhealthy himself. He was morbidly obese. And he told me, you have to go eat meat. And I went home. I was a teenager. I think it's the last time I ate. I was still a pescatarian, but I'm talking about uh, a cow or chicken or whatever, pig. And right. I ate a liverwurst sandwich and I got very ill. And I, that's, that's, you know, I think it's cultural conditioning. If, you know, the great thing about the game changers, it goes all the way back to the gladiators. It shows that the gladiators were mostly plant-based. They like to talk about uh, the caveman, meat eater, right? They make this whole story up, but guess what? They found a, one of the oldest skeletons and guess what? They didn't have dental floss back in those days and they looked between his teeth and it was all plants. Yeah. Uh, Todd, uh, first of all, but I love what you're doing. What you're doing is so amazing because you're the food that is mouthwatering. It, and you have vegan pork and you have vegan chicken and you have vegan sausage and vegan chorizo and vegan, uh, Todd, give us the whole range and how you came up with this and what is in it. <laughs> yeah, thanks, Jane. Well, um, when we set out trying to figure out, you know, how to bend the curve on human planetary health, uh, we first of all, you know, looked at globally how is conventional meat consumed, right? And the leading uh, meat is pork uh, and then chicken and then beef and then you've got lamb, turkey, crab. I mean, you've got all these different types of meats. So we didn't define uh, this, this problem narrowly, uh, we defined it very broadly. And so we set out to say, well, how can we recreate all these types of, of meats? And we also didn't uh, kind of define for ourselves of let's create plant-based meats. What we wanted to create was beef, chicken, pork. And when you define the problem that way, you actually start solving it in a way that is prioritizing not just taste and texture, but nutrition. And so that's what we set out to do. Um, so we now have nine different um, types of meat that are all built from plants. Uh, we have pork, we have chicken, we have beef, we have turkey, we have lamb, we have crab, we have Italian sausage, chorizo sausage, and breakfast sausage. Um, Whoa. It works, but uh, you know, to our knowledge, we're the first and only uh, you know, company on the planet to have created nine different plant type meats and to have prioritized having these uh, built with um, a nutritional profile that is really attractive. Um, so we didn't want to compromise on that in terms of how we, we constructed these meats from plants. We've got a caller, Sarah, your question or thought, Sarah. Sarah. Hey, oh my gosh, this is amazing. Okay, my question is, in Hollywood where all of these movies are being done, and they have craft services, would you be able to have a contract with this 
craft services so that you could give these what they're wanting, the flavor, you could give this to them, and that way this can really spread a lot quicker. What do you think? I love that question. Go ahead, Jody or, or Todd, whoever wants to grab it. So, Sarah, you're, you're, you're spot on. Um, our food is actually served already on some uh, movie sets. Um, due to confidentiality reasons, we probably shouldn't be name dropping, but um, some of the uh, biggest movies uh, produced and being produced right now, our, our food is served every day on those sets. Um, in addition, in West Hollywood, our food is served at Craig's, which you might be familiar with, uh, which is a steakhouse kind of diner to the stars in West Hollywood. Um, and also enjoy cafe uh, where they um, serve a full range of our foods. So um, we'd be uh, delighted to be directly in touch with you if you've got some contacts uh, to further spread this um, into the Hollywood crowd. Uh, but it has been tested and proven, and we know that uh, because we get a lot of fan mail from folks uh, who are involved in the movie industry who love our food, who've discovered it either on set or at Craig's or at Joy Cafe. Oh, yeah. Well, I think that's another thing that's really important is, well, look, in COVID, everybody's struggling. The restaurants are struggling. However, that aside, let's jump forward, hopefully, to 2022. Uh, the restaurants are back open. I would love to see delicious plant-based options in pre-vegan restaurants. Um, we, we do have the Impossible Burger and Beyond Meat, and uh, I've gone to... Yeah, I try to eat uh, at vegan restaurants whenever possible, but there are occasions where I have to go eat in another restaurant, and uh, I always look for those vegan options. I mean, for decades, I was eating baked potato and salad, which, by the way, is a great is a great meal. I'm not knocking it, but um, to have all this available, it's part of the transition, and the way uh, we get to plant based being the default option is that we it's a process, not an event. The more these options are on the menu and people try them and like them. Uh, do you have a strategy regarding that, Jody, in terms of supplying uh, pre-vegan restaurants? So, you know, we've got a big plan, especially this year. We're launching into retail and we're gaining distribution in grocery. You know, we're launching in various e-com channels, Costco, Amazon, you know, we've got our, our uh, online uh, store where you can order anything. Um, so, you know, we, we have lots and lots of brokers, boots on the ground right now that are gaining a lot of business for us. And as you might have seen in the press release recently, um, we now have a commercial agreement with, um, you know, one of the largest with Michael Foods and Bob Evans under the Post uh, company, also St. Louis based. So Michael, mm. their food service arm and Bob Evans is their retail arm. And um, what's beautiful about it is that they are going to be able to take all of our meats and they're going to be able to sell them in the channels that they already have. Their entire sales team will have a plant-based option for everything that is already super popular in Michael Foods and Bob Evans. So, you know, we grew up again in the Midwest, Bob Evans sausages was the thing, like you had to have it, it was the best. And so now all these years later, you know, we're, we're gonna be able to go in there and offer something that is the exact equivalent to what people who love conventional sausage from Bob Evans, but it's gonna be with Hungry Planet and it's possibly gonna be paired with just egg 
which is partnership. So then it's a full solution, right? We come in the door and we say we have the sausage and the egg to exactly replicate that really super popular thing that you are known for. And they're thrilled. We're thrilled. It's going to enable us to get out there and feed many, many, many more millions of people just this year in 2021. It's very exciting. What I love about the vegan uh, plant-based movement is that I consider it capitalism 3.0. You know, when um, Impossible Food CEO uh, Pat Brown was being interviewed on one of the major cable channels, the reporter said, well, your main competitor beyond me, he said, no, I want to stop you right there. We don't consider them competitors. We both have the same goal to transition to a plant-based culture. I'm paraphrasing. And we wish them the very best. And I thought, wow, this is the essence of veganism. Life is not a zero-sum game. For me to win, you don't have to lose. For me to eat, an animal doesn't have to die. For Impossible Foods to do well, Beyond Meat doesn't have to do badly. As business people, vegan business people in this space, what are your thoughts on that, Todd? I think no question. I think, you know, as we were doing our R&D, we discovered, you know, six, seven years ago that the food that we were developing was just flat out delicious. But people were like, why would I buy this and why would I ever want to eat this? Um, as Silicon Valley got interested in this space and started to fund to tens of millions, then hundreds of millions, and ultimately billions, um, others in this space, uh, really that created this amazing megaphone, right, to educate consumers that there's this thing that you could create um, conventional meat from, from plants. And so absolutely, without a doubt, it's, it's been the education of the consumer out there that has been a boon to this space. And, uh, you know, we're all beneficiaries of that. We've all done our part, I think, in helping to educate the market, giving talks. You know, we've given talks at Harvard and at tech companies uh, to help bring along this movement. But it is now at this kind of magical point where people understand that these foods are available, uh, that they can be delicious, that they can be healthful, and they can be ubiquitous. And what we're all driving towards now is to get price parity. Um, we've got line of sight to do that. We expect that uh, by the end of 2021, we'll have uh, price parity. Uh, with some of our meats. We're already there with our crab. Um, so it's an exciting time. Um, and, you know, the, the more voices out there educating folks, the better. Um, and, you know, to your earlier question, I think you call them pre-vegan pre restaurants, right? You know, we're, we're in over a thousand restaurants right now across the United States, um, on the coast, in the middle of the country. Uh, our website, hungryplanetfoods.com, has a find us tab where people can find that food. And we've worked with all types of chefs who have been interested in taking their best sellers and substituting in Hungry Planet meats for whatever they do. Um, as an example, we worked with uh, Christian Petroni, who's a, uh, a Food Network chef. And he took his, his kind of world-famous chicken parm and his Italian meatballs and made those with the Hungry Planet equivalent and was just blown away, as were his diners. Um, Kat Cora has a concept on the West Coast called um, Mesa Burger. Uh, she uses our patty and that as an option. So, you know, there are a lot of people who are starting to mainstream uh, these meats. And the more people who understand that they're available, uh, the better. Now, there is what I call a carnist uh, prejudice out there. So you have some people like Jim Cramer, who sometimes sounds like an animal rights activist. Uh, he's amazing talking about, well, there's a problem with animal agriculture and it's called a cow and blah, blah, blah. He says, the, but then he has his co-host who smirks and rolls his eyes and 
You know, I was disappointed watching Bill Gates. Uh, and, you know, look, I love CNN. I used to work there, left on great terms, but it was ridiculed during the interview when he said, we need to switch to synthetic meat for um, the planet because animal agriculture is such a destructive force. It's, it's not just a leading cause of uh, human disease, preventable lifestyle disease like heart disease, which prior to COVID was America's leading killer, one out of every four people. Arteries to the cart, heart get clogged with plaque, plaque comes from cholesterol, animals produce cholesterol. Are your products 100% cholesterol free? They are. They're 100% non-GMO and they are free of cholesterol, antibiotics, hormones, steroids, all of those things that are found in conventional you know, meat products. So our, our meats are lean and they're clean and they're oh. packed with protein and fiber. I'm going to jump in. Jennifer is on hold. Jennifer, your question or thought? Hi. Um, I quite, I've been waiting for this for quite some time, not for me personally, because I'm a vegan, uh, but I was wondering if there's any plans to launch this for the pet food industry. Oh, that is such a great question. And first of all, Jennifer, being a vegan, you can eat this because it's plant-based. And uh, I'm, I, I would love to dive into some of this food. Um, uh, you know, it's not, listen, uh, I was, I, I'm I, sorry. I was under the impression it was the lab grown meat. No, no, this is, the, this is a good question though, Jennifer. Thank you for bringing that up. What is in your products? And I love the idea of, can we have a vegan dog food? You see my little guys back there. Um, they love wild earth. They love V dog. They love the can, um, it's some kind of family recipe of, uh, of uh, canned vegan dog food. Um, but tell us, what is in this delicious stuff? And, and thank you for your question, Jennifer. Yeah, Jennifer, so uh, interesting question, because obviously we're, we're taking a plant-based approach to this. We're not a, a cellular uh, meat uh, business. In addition to the helpful profile that Jody was talking about, we also, unique in the space, have zero saturated fat, Jane. So when you look at the nutritional profile, it's not just the antibiotics and, and the hormones, but it's also, in our case, zero saturated fats. So the way that we built our food, we really wanted to look at what would give us the best nutritionals, but also what would scale globally. And so when you look at the, um, the problem uh, through that lens, uh, you can't look at and, and platform on what would be considered kind of niche um, uh, ingredients. So when you break down conventional meat at its core, there are really three components to it. There's protein, there's fat, and there's flavor. So for protein, we turn primarily to soy uh, to give us the protein. Uh, for fats, we use sunflower oil. And then we use a, a variety of natural uh, ingredients to get the flavors um, to take, taste like pork, beef, chicken, crab, etc. Um, but th that's really the, the core building blocks. And in our case, we only have 10 ingredients, one of which is water. And that's about half the ingredient deck of, of most people who are, who are trying to solve this, this problem. So we've really simplified the deck uh, and delivered superior nutritionals at the same time. I love all your terminology, the deck. Um, <laughs> yeah. And, and, you know, I think it's really important to um, come up with really great sounding names for vegan food. Now they're talking about, Bill Gates is talking about synthetic meat. You know, I'm so happy he is. Maybe we got to come up with a better name. It, it doesn't, it's not something like, ah, synthetic. That sounds like a fabric. 
So um, we, and then people, for some reason, don't like the word vegan because mainstream has tried to demonize that or stereotype it, right? Um, that's why it's so great when movies like The Game Changers come out where you see uh, these top athletes, good portion of the Tennessee Titans eating yeah. vegan. Um, Tom Brady, of course, you know, just won yet another Super Bowl. is plant-based. Uh, so that's been shattered. Some of the highest top, the Venus, uh, Venus and Serena Williams, some of the m- most uh, accomplished athletes on the planet are plant-based. We're going to take a short break on Voice America Radio, but we're staying alive. Be sure to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for us at keyword Voice America. Become a member of VoiceAmerica.com. It's easy and best of all, it's free. Start out by going to our homepage or any of our channels and click register at the top. Once you've created an account and signed in, you can create your own custom library, opt into our newsletter, search by show, host, guest, or topic of interest, or browse millions of hours of content across all of our Voice America radio channels. Membership gets you more. Visit VoiceAmerica.com today to get started and tailor the listening experience to your taste. Tune in to the Tony D'Urso Show with key influencers for entertaining and thought-provoking weekly discussions with some of the top stars in their fields. From business, sports, and science to entertainment, music, and literature, Tony's guests share their success and give their wisdom. If you're looking to manifest your vision and see how others have done so, be sure to listen to the Tony D'Urso Show every Friday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Influencer channel the voice america talk radio network is on instagram make sure you follow us and comment on our pictures from behind the scenes at our radio shows live events and around the network we want to see what you have to share as well check us out on instagram at voice america talk radio we don't follow we lead join us the voice america influencers channel You are listening to Jane Unchained. To reach the show today, call in to 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. You may also send an email in to News at gmail.com. Now back to the show. We are here with the one and only Jody Boyman and Todd Boyman, and they are the creators of Hungry Planet, which is changing the world with their delicious, delicious food. Go to HungryPlanetFoods.com. I want to ask how people can get it uh, because I looked at this and I was like, I want it now. But of course, I'm here at home. I go out for very few reasons. <laughs> you know, the way life is today, a trip to the vet is like, yay, we're going to go on an adventure. So how do we get this if we want it? We're here at home. How do we get it? Yeah, I think the easiest way, look, you know, we had to pivot like so many other companies. We started out primarily in food service and we launched, you know, early last year. And then all of a sudden, you know, the pandemic hit and we were like, okay, here's an opportunity for us to get our foods to people who are hungry at home. You know, the fact is people are still eating food and they just want it to be delivered at home. So if you go on our website, we have a great store on there, you can order all of our foods from there, the seven original items, um, including patties, 
um, a chicken patty, a crab cake, a, a beef patty, and crumbles and stuff. But pretty soon, there's going to be seven more innovation that are coming on that are ready to eat. So grilled chicken strips, diced grilled chicken, um, Thai meatballs, um, you know, uh, all sorts of, or uh, pork gyoza, which are phenomenal. So you'll be able to order all of those on our website in a couple weeks. So stay posted. You can also get our food at Costco.com. Um, we're in lots and lots of grocery stores. We're going to be getting into many more. We have a locator on our website. So wherever you are, just plug in your zip code and it will tell you where you can eat our, eat our food in restaurants and where you can buy our food. But if you're somewhere where you can't go out and get it and who wants to go to the store anyway right now, be hungry at home. Order it and it'll come right to your doorstep. Couldn't be easier. Free shipping. Jody, do you cook your own food? Are you a chef? I am not a chef. Um, I, I, I don't care about the word chef. Listen, no, I, we, did, we did a show. We did a vegan cooking show, New Day to Chef. We had some of the top chefs on. We also had people like Dotsie Bausch, who was a vegan Olympian. Yeah, who was a, a machine. You know, she, oh. yeah. Well, she said, I'm not a chef. I said, I don't care. You're, you're, you're making an incredible bowl that is a superfood bowl. We called it the superwoman bowl. And so don't get hung up on these labels. Can you make something that's really tasty and good for people to eat that doesn't involve killing animals? And that's my question to you. Absolutely. And it's simple. So our foods are, our meats are a one-to-one substitution for conventional meat. So if you have your grandma's favorite, I don't know, lasagna recipe, whip it out, substitute Hungry Planet sausage for conventional and serve it to a family of flexitarians, even hardcore carnivores, where there's one vegan child that's home from you know, college that's like, mom, I'm vegan. And the mom's like, oh my God, you know, you're going to die because we eat meat in this family. You know, everybody can sit down and have the same delectable mouthwatering dish and feel satisfied and not even be able to taste the difference. So that's really the beauty of Hungry Planet because it's all these proteins. It's not just beef and burgers, which I don't know about you, but I get pretty tired of beef and burgers after a while. Todd? Yeah, well, and Jane, what's interesting is that, you know, people can hear that this is a one-to-one switch for conventional meat, and yet there's something that gets stuck in the gears up here that says, okay, I hear you, but what do I do with this food? Um, And so to help kind of get people going, whether they're a a home chef or whether they're a professional chef, our website is loaded with over 60 recipes, um, videos of cooking tips. We've got uh, videos on recipes. Our Instagram has it. And our chief culinary officer is actually a certified master chef, of which there's only 62 in the United States. Whoa! Making this accessible for people like you, me, and Jody, who don't have that kind of training, but, you know, want to enjoy our food. And so when people hear it's a one-to-one substitution, some people can run with it. Other people kind of like, well, exactly what does that mean? Our website, again, we've got over 60 recipes that they're so easy to do, and step-by-step, it will take you right through. So whether you see it on our website or on Instagram, again, which is Hungry Planet Foods, you'll see delectable foods, and you'll see recipes, and it's really easy to onboard if you're plant-curious and you want to you know, kind of see what really delicious, healthful plant-based meats are, are all about. Now, how about grilling? We're getting to the summer season. What, what can you tell us about grilling these? Because so many people, look, I live here. In L.A., uh, very blessed to live right at the beach. 
uh, and I am surrounded by people who are uh, grilling animals. And uh, it's unfortunate because the aroma is, is, is very unpleasant for me. It's, um, I smell a dead animal. They think it smells good. You know, it's, this is, <laughs> but I have my vegan cookouts and guess what? I've actually had vegan cookouts and never told anybody that it's vegan, just invited some people over pre vegans and they ate every last scrap to the point where it was like, okay, don't lick the plates people. And then I <laughs> said, you know, by the way, this is 100% plant-based. <gasps> it is. Yeah. So what is your grilling? What's your grilling strategy, Jody? Oh, you know, you can grill our, our beef patties. We have a four ounce. We also have a prime size of 5.3 ounce that we serve in high-end steakhouses. Um, the four ounce is only 150 calories, right? Which is amazing. So you can even stack wait, them. Wait, did you say a steak? A steakhouse. We sell our 5.3 ounce patty, which is a honking huge, you know, steakhouse size patty. Um, but most people, you know, choose to grill our four ounce, which is our sort of our normal um, size patty. And, um, you know, I, I always find that the interesting thing is that Americans eat about three hamburgers per week. And do you know that that's enough burgers to circle the earth, ready, 126 times. And look so, what's happening. We've got a healthcare crisis. We've yes. got... Um, and I'm not talking COVID. Obviously, people who have underlying conditions are, are more yes. likely to, to suffer the worst effects of it. But in general, we have a healthcare prob a crisis and from heart disease and, you know, processed meat, okay, who, which is how many people, most Americans eat a lot of their meat, which is deli slices, anything that's processed, bacon. It's officially cancer-causing, according to the World Health Organization. That's not me. That's World Health Organization. Go and Google it. Comes right up. So um, I want to ask you, Todd. There's a whole national conversation now where we have entered the mainstream. I've been vegan about 23 years, uh, and prior to that, vegetarian. And uh, like like most, I was ridiculed and you know laughed at, and uh, people would go to my face. Ha! I'll never forget one woman did that to me. It's like, okay, all right. I have, I have a good sense of humor about all this stuff. But in any case, uh, as soon as the Beyond Meat stock went public, all of a sudden everything changed. I had neighbors, and I love my neighbors. I mean, you know, but uh, they're across that, you know, I, I consider them kind of like my survey, my, my survey group coming up. Hey, how about that Beyond Meat? Hey, that Beyond Meat stock. It's because the stock was going up, suddenly the food became tastier. And I tried it. It was really interesting. It was like a sea change. Then you have all this talk about other companies possibly going. I, I have no. I have no inside information. I know, but but would Impossible possibly go uh, public? Would Just Egg go public? All of a sudden, in our culture, when things start making money, is a completely different outlook. Now you hear. Um, Kramer talking about it and, and it's, it's all over, you know, uh, Mark Cuban's gone vegetarian. He has a lot of these companies on Shark Tank. Uh, Mrs. Goldfarb's uh, vegan pastrami. She's a good friend of mine. She was on Shark Tank. It's a sea change. Then you have Bill Gates saying, we got it. We got to make this switch. Uh, and yet there is this whole attack by mainstream media that somehow this is unnatural, that these products are not as good for you. Where were they 
When processed meat was declared carcinogenic, did they do anything on, hey, processed meat is cancer causing? No, but this isn't cancer causing and they try to make it seem unhealthy. It's unfair. What are your, not to get down because you, you're a very up people and I see your, I like your attitude. That's the way I am too. I'm like, the world is changing. It's very hard to see progress in real time. But Jody, what, how do you, how do you navigate that, that nonsense? Yeah. So, you know, I've been plant-based for 45 years. I've raised two children plant-based, you know, and I've just come to the realization that we really just can't let perfection be the enemy of the good. Right. So at our company, we just believe like build a bigger tent, you know, invite all those who are plant curious, all of those are flexitarian to come and just try it. There's a lot of curiosity out there. So I always say, be imperfectly plant-based, be imperfectly zero waste, be imperfectly plastic-free, be imperfectly sustainable. Why? Because, you know, these small conscious changes are better than none at all, right? So we got to start somewhere and people are not going to go vegan overnight. Vegans and vegetarians have by and large already figured out how to eat healthfully. So we're out there for the other 99% of people on the planet who crave meat. And we can argue about why they do, but they do. And so we just make meat, but we make it directly from plants. And we invite everybody. We want to destigmatize it. We want to say, look, if you'll just have it once a week, kudos to you. Give it a try. All right. We've got another caller on hold. I only interrupt because they go away if you don't grab them right away. Paula, your question. Yes, or thought. Um, I just want to say that I'm, I'm very stoked and I really hope that uh, these truly plant-based meats uh, beat out the cellular meat. Um, I posted a link in the comments. Um, it's a panel discussion by some distinguished people, uh, vegan advocates, talking about all the problems with um, lab-grown meat. Uh, very sobering conversation. It will really make you think twice about supporting uh, cellular-based cellular meat. And, um, you know, bring it on. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you, Paula. And uh, I, yes, I appreciate you calling and share out, share out the video. I know there is controversy about uh, cellular meat. This is not cellular meat, by the way. Um, I, you know, here's my take on it. And uh, we've interviewed Israeli company that is uh, on the forefront of plant-based meat. Uh, we've, uh, also covered the first serving of plant-based, uh, of, of, excuse me, uh, cell-based uh, meat uh, in Singapore at a restaurant, a fancy restaurant. This was just recently. They did their first serving at uh, this restaurant. It got global coverage. It was the product made by the Just Egg people, Josh Tetrick. My take on it is, in a perfect world, I wouldn't want it. Uh, however, um, we're killing 80 billion animals every year. And my philosophy is what, and I don't know how Gene Bauer of Farm Sanctuary feels about uh, cell meat, but his, his statement that he's made is whatever causes the least suffering, whatever reduces suffering the most. And in a perfect world, I'd say, let's leave it alone. However, there is so much suffering going on. It's such cruelty on such a massive scale that 
we have to ask ourselves, who pays the price for the purity? The animals do. The animals pay the price for the purity. So um, a lot of times I think we vegans live in a vegan bubble. And then I go out somewhere and then I see, oh, well, I, all I have to do is look around my neighborhood. And this is like Venice, you know, essentially. It's like, this is like one of the most veganish, if you look at how we're perceived, right, areas and everybody's cooking meat. So um, I think that whatever we can do to um, reduce that suffering, but this is not cell-based meat, what we're talking about here. So uh, how meaty is it, Jody? It's super meaty. In fact, you know, one of our biggest compliments is when people are eating out and they send the burger back to the chef and they're like, yeah, you served me the meat burger and I asked for the Hungry Planet burger. And we're like, yeah, you know, actually that is a Hungry Planet burger. Um, so we love that. Um, it causes some confusion and the market is still getting educated that you can actually eat plant meat that tastes just like animal meat. It freaks some people out, other people's it totally pleases. You know, but I wanted to go back to that Bill Gates um, quote because, you know, years ago, and I mean, maybe eight years ago, his quote was, the future of meat is plants. Mm -hmm. And yes. I, that resonated with me so much because I've met him a few times and I know that he's invested in some cell-based companies that are friends of ours. You know, so I am a big believer in, look, we got to come at it from every single angle because animal agriculture is the leading cause of species extinction, ocean dead zones, water pollution, habitat destruction. And as we like to say, if everybody on earth ate as much meat as we do in the U.S., we would need how many planets? Five planets to sustain our diets. We can't do that. You know, we have to be thinking about our future. We have to be thinking about our kids and their kids. It's just not sustainable how we're eating. So whether it's through cellular or if it's through plant-based, you know, we, we believe we are a chef coat company, not a lab coat company. That's a distinction for us. All of our, um, you know, R&D was done in a kitchen, not a lab. Um, and so, but I do think it's going to take everybody on board to be able to displace the massive consumption, as you said, 70 billion. And that's just land animals per year. If you add in the aquatic, it's more than double that, Jane. Absolutely. It's, uh, it's beyond comprehension. And the human mind can appreciate one story, one animal, but they can't appreciate billions. It's impossible for us to comprehend it. So, Todd, um, give me the big picture. You know, one of the great things is that we have uh, done stories about the skyrocketing uh, plant-based sector. We interviewed, actually, our one of our contributors at Jane Unchained, Elizabeth Alfano, interviewed the former co-CEO of Whole Foods, who said it is the biggest trend in food he has ever seen in his 50 years in the business. Um, this, the, the switch by consumers to plant-based, accelerated by the pandemic, we know that uh, the, the slaughterhouses became hotbeds, et cetera, and a lot of people started rethinking their diet to be healthy, to uh, stay strong. Uh, where is your growth? Can you give us a sense of how you're growing? Uh, the growth is exponential and for all the reasons that you're talking about, right? As people are becoming aware of this category of food and then as they're discovering Hungry Planet um, and understanding that they can get this full range with a healthful profile, 
Um, the growth really is exploding. We're um, selling broadly in the United States. We're also uh, selling in Australia, where we've been for about three years as part of our soft launch. Uh, we've sold in New Zealand. Uh, we've launched in Singapore. We have food in Hong Kong and a little bit in China. So we're seeing those same demand signals as everybody else. And I think that was an interview with uh, Walter Robb, um, who was yeah. the CEO at Whole Foods. Um, and I saw that. That was a great episode. And, and truly, you know, th this tidal wave is coming. And I think, you know, whether people um, are predisposed to plant-based or not, um, they understand um, some fundamental data. You know, we've got 7.8 billion people on the planet today heading towards 10, maybe tapping out around 12 uh, billion at the end of the uh the century and people just understand you can't feed that type of population a western meat-based diet so that will really drive this um and it's it's an educational process but it's also making sure that the food truly is is food that they can love to eat um, so we want to replicate what people have always loved but it's got to be a great experience and i think that's you know some of the growing pains that this industry is going through right now is making sure that when food gets launched out there because people are curious about it it really has to be Phenomenal food, um, and uh, people who are in a hurry to make a buck and are cutting corners are, are really doing a disservice. And I think that's that's an issue that we see out there is that people are curious. They might taste something and say, "Well, that wasn't wildly good." Um, so that's why we're eager to accelerate what we're doing um, because when people taste the food, they're like, "Okay, well, that that was crab, that was pork, that was chicken," and that's exactly what the experience should be. Listen, uh, I remember 23 years ago when I first went vegan, approximately. I wish, I wish I had the exact date. It was after I interviewed Howard Lyman. I was a local news anchor working at Paramount Studios, and I interviewed the mad cowboy, uh, former cattle rancher turned vegan advocate who had gone on Oprah. But in any case, you know, there, there were vegan, they were vegan restaurants. The cheeses were awful. I would go into the vegan restaurants. I knew everybody because it was me and the maitre d' and the chef. And now you can't get a table. Uh, I mean, obviously things are odd right now, but you still can't get a table. I mean, it's unbelievable. I just heard there are, eight, there are approximately 80 vegan restaurants in Mexico City. This is a global phenomenon. I was in Berlin a couple of years ago, and I left the Airbnb and started taking pictures of the word vegan. I had to stop because I got... I couldn't even get down the block. There was a vegan pastry shop right at the corner. There was a vegan this, a vegan that... And then you turn the corner and there was Oatly on the side of a building, an Oatly commercial on a 20-story, 30-story building. I couldn't – and I hear London, uh, which I have visited a few years prior to that, was already uh, – they have vegan high tea at Claridge's. They have a vegan a – ho a ho vegetarian hotel where they have a vegan high tea that I attended and it's the most decadent thing I've ever – I mean, like – the world is changing. Let's talk. We only have 10 minutes. The tipping point. Everybody talks about, well, when are we going to hit the tipping point? Unfortunately, because the human population continues to expand and people are switching to chicken, the most killed and in many ways, the most abused animal on the planet. Although they've got a lot of competition, what they do to pigs who are smarter than dogs is unbelievably cruel to the point of mind boggling and, and cows and dairies included in that. Uh, it's all part of the system. And you know, I could go on, but, but the point is we are in a race against time for climate change reasons. That's why I think Bill Gates stepped out. He knows that that's a, a, a tough position to take uh, because so many moneyed interests are still invested in meat, dairy, pharmaceuticals. But I think he felt like I, I got to test the waters with this because we got to change. And um, 
So where do you see us on this journey if we had a scale? Like if the world over here is uh, 100% plant-based and we could go back to uh, not, where are we, Jody? Gosh, you know, I mean, we've always looked at this problem globally. So, you know, from a global perspective, we're not too far. I think the interesting uh, statistic on dairy is that plant-based uh, milks are now 14% of the market, um, which is phenomenal. And that happened, as you know, in like a nanosecond. Oh. Um, so plant-based meat, which is a, or meat, which is a much, much larger category overall than dairy. We are now, plant-based meat is about 1% hovering around in there. Um, so if we can reach parity with milk, plant-based milk, and we can get to 14%, you know, pretty soon, we will be quite disruptive. You know, I mean, we're currently growing enough food to feed 10 billion people worldwide, but, you know, 50% of the grain is fed to livestock and 82% of starving children live in countries where food is fed to animals and then animals are fed to, you know, eaters in the Western countries. So that is not sustainable. So we're on the path and we hope to emulate what's happened in plant-based milk. Um, you know, I, we're, we're running as fast as we can and we're getting the word out. We don't want to be the best kept secret in plant-based meat any longer because we really do feel like we have something to offer to everybody. So a couple of quick questions. Uh, Joaquin Phoenix, of course, uh, talk about Game Changers when he uh, spoke at the SAG Awards and the Oscars, and uh, also there were the, these big award ceremonies. The Oscars, not I, I don't think they served dinner, but the SAG Awards and the Golden Globes served plant-based, I believe. Um, that was a game changer. That says, look, if, if the most glamorous people in Hollywood can go to a dinner and have a great plant-based dinner, then certainly environmental organizations, conservation organizations, and I believe all organizations that, that are caring about the world, whether it's feminist organizations, LGBTQ organizations should obviously adopt a public plant-based policy. Are you working with any of these groups? Because now is the time, now that Joaquin Phoenix did this, there's no excuse really. And I can tell you, I've gone to many galas where it seems like sometimes the chefs are going out of their way to make really untasty, uh, bad uh, tasting vegan. Because if you're dealing with like a hotel where the, the head chef is resistant, they know how to make something that's not tasty. And then they'll make the meat, uh, you know, and people will complain and people who ordered this, ah, you know, uh, there was an infamous uh, experience. I won't tell which gala, but... Um, where they did plant-based and people started ordering in. It was almost like they sabotaged it on purpose. Now, when I look at your food, I would say that they, if they started with this as a base, there's no way that that, that experience could have happened. This is such gorgeous. The, the actual product tastes good. They don't have to invent it. Are you working with hotels? Are you working with uh, conservation and environmental organizations that have galas to make sure that when galas come back, maybe in 2022, that that they will be plant-based and here's how to do it. Yeah. yeah, we've been served at a lot of galas over the years. And, um, you know, chefs are very, very happy to work with our meats because it is, again, a one-to-one -one substitution. So in recipes that they already know are super popular at the hotel or wherever, 
Uh, we've been served at the Farm Sanctuary Galas over the years. They love our crab cakes. I was out there one year. Gene has a, been a friend for 35 years, so I love seeing what he's doing. So, yeah, I mean, as quickly as we can get our meats into the hands of everyday chefs who feed the world, that's how we're going to change things, you know. And Todd, you might want to talk about sandals because that's just such a nice um, proof point for us. Yeah, well, so a couple things, Jane. We've, uh, you know, we haven't made a concerted effort. Uh, our food was served at the premiere uh, at Sundance of the Game Changers, right? So our, our food was, was was served there, um, and you know, we we've worked um, and done servings at some of the largest meat companies on the planet, uh, where people haven't been told in advance that it was plant based, but they were doing a tasting, and and they had no idea that they were not eating um, conventional meat. And these are, you know. Um, people who that's their business. Um, so while we haven't had a concerted effort recently to go after that uh, sector, we probably should. A great example that Jody is referring to is our food is featured at Sandals Resorts, which is a, you know, a 23 uh, unit uh, all-inclusive chain throughout the Caribbean. And when that chef discovered our food, you know, he, he just lit up and it was magic for him because he was recognizing that there's more and more demand as people were coming to that resort wanting plant-based and knew he couldn't just do burgers all the time. And so within about two weeks of receiving a sample kit from us, he came back having created over a dozen entrees, a filet mignon, a chicken cordon bleu, saute, you know, pork burnt ends, you name it, uh, from scratch. So that's the magic that happens when chefs discover our food. And um, now that we've got our production set up to scale, and we've got distribution set up and we've built out our team. Uh, we're very eager to be working with people who are putting on these events um, and not just in the animal welfare or environmental movements, but in other places who just simply want great food. Um, yeah, but, but I feel that. like the environmental groups need to uh, really need to make this transition. I love the idea that you that you send out packs. I would send it out to everybody. I would send it out to all these groups who are naturally because I've gone to these events, conservation events where they're serving meat. And I'm like, hello, yeah. leading cause of habitat destruction and wildlife extinction is, right. uh, is the habitat being developed for farmland or cattle grazing land. There's right now the Pantanal, the wetlands in Brazil is, is being set on fire. They're destroying the world's largest wetlands for cattle grazing land and not just the, the Amazon, but the Pantanal. So when, it's just like they also have uh, uh, resistance, but when they see the food delivered in a packet, because their whole fear, it's all about this. Are their donors going to be upset if they go and pay $1,000 or whatever for a fancy dinner at a, at, a, at a Beverly Hills hotel, and then they feel like they're not getting their money's worth with the food? But if you show them that that food is fabulous, I think, I, I mean, I just think that's so important, so important. And, and when I look at your food, the reason I'm talking to you about it is when I look at your food, your food looks like the kind of thing that everybody go, wow, I want that, you know? Uh, and um, so anyway, I, I, I don't want to. No, that's a great point, Jane. And, and if they, they have connected the dots and they, if they felt that they should, but they just thought, well, we can't just serve burgers all the time. You know, this is certainly the on-ramp to be able to do virtually anything. And you know, if somebody um, is putting on a big event, connects the dots and realizes that they don't wanna do just burgers, but would love to do, for example, barbecue burnt ends or chicken cordon bleu or you know, a crab cake, um, 
you know, Hungry Planet is the perfect solution. And I think at your prompting, we'll make sure that we prioritize and reach out and find the people who are putting those events together. Um, we've taken away whatever last excuse they might have had by uh, offering this range of food. Yeah. Well, uh, are you aligned with any celebs at all? And I have no idea if you are, and it doesn't really matter, but sometimes there's, there's that connection as well. Uh, so a lot of them order from us, uh, but uh, we, we have not paid for endorsements. Um, and so therefore, we probably shouldn't name drop uh, who's yeah. on our customer list. For but sure. uh, we have some who actually order our food literally by pallets. And so that'd be 2,000 pounds and use it both at their companies, at their places, you know, out in the Hamptons and their place on Park Avenue. So, you know, we, we've got some, uh, some notable uh, fans of our food who in some cases are ordering it by the pallet load. So um, what about the tech giants? Uh, you would think that obviously with the world sort of in a state of extraordinary change, crisis, but as well, we hear about obviously autonomous vehicles, uh, the electric vehicle craze, um, robotics. This is right in that arena of the uh, things on the forefront of change. Do you have connections with the uh, high-tech world, Jody? Um, yes, we do. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I do personally. Um, but again, you know, we're sort of beautifully low-tech. You know, I mean, that's what I love about our company. We're just whole food ingredients. We're just, you know, meat directly from plants. So, you know, I mean, we're going to appeal to a lot of people who are on the forefront of that because they see that this is a huge problem to solve, you know. And I always like to say, if you can make a difference for the planet every time you eat, why wouldn't you? Like, it's not that hard to be conscious about it and think about it. So, yeah, I, I just... You know, again, all comers, if you're high, t if you're techie and you want to solve it that way. But, you know, our food is just great tasting food that happens to be plant based. Last question. Now, grocery stores, supermarkets. Just tell me what what's the what's the story there? Can we get in the supermarket, Todd? Yeah, so we're available in St. Louis at Deerberg's, which is a 23 unit chain. We're rolling out in Lazy Acres in Southern California. Um, we are rolling out in some others uh, that will be featured on our Instagram account and our website and our Fang Dust, but uh, we're not quite ready to make those announcements. Um, wow. So we're at the early stages of getting those rolled out and uh, finalizing the assortments. Um, so for people who want the broad assortment, uh, you've got to get that online right now, and you can get that uh, you know across the United States, of course. And it is delivered right to your door. Right to your door. You don't have to, go anywhere. You don't have to mask up. Ah, I love it. All right, I just want to say I am so inspired by what you do. You know, you are changing the world and it's attraction, not just promotion. You're attracting people to this. And uh, I, I think the most hardcore carnivore uh, would absolutely say, yeah, I can do this, right? Yeah, I can do this. This is tasty. This is great. Zero cholesterol, you know? Um, Free of all the other stuff, non-GMO, you know, this is so important. Um, I just want to thank you both. You inspire me. Hungry Planet, and you're making me very hungry. <laughs> right. well, Jane, thanks for all that you're doing and getting the word out there. I mean, it's wonderful to be educating people about the importance of all this. So thank you for leaning in. Yeah. All right. And I always want to thank uh, Voice America Radio, Andrew in the control room, and our executive producer, Tasty Trump. Thank you, Voice America, for letting us have a voice on these issues. 
Um, We're going to sign off on Voice America. Thank you for tuning in to Jane Unchained. We hope you'll join Jane Velez Mitchell for the next edition of her program next Monday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time and 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Meanwhile, have a peaceful week. Thank you.